0: Money FM 89.3. Best of the Breakfast Huddle. Why It Matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. Time now for Why It Matters, where we turn our attention to the maritime industry.
1: And Singapore's continued success as a global maritime and trade hub, it has been pointed out, will depend on how efficiently it can move goods through its port and not just the volume it can handle. Transport Minister S. E. recently emphasized this again. Physical infrastructure, of course, remains a major factor with the upcoming Tuas megaport. But what about manpower? Who's really going to do all the work if no one wants to work there? And is there still an interest to work in the industry?
0: Well, Singapore Maritime Foundation recently announced that there was a record number of Maritime One and Tripartite Maritime Scholarships Award this year, 2021 that is, amounting to more than 2.1 million. What else is it going to take to build a maritime ready workforce here in Singapore? On the line with us this morning is Tan Beng Ti, Executive Director, Singapore Maritime Foundation. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much I'm for good. taking the time. It's been a while, and I remember the last time we were speaking, you were moving away from the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore to the Maritime Singapore Maritime Foundation. How's your new role been so far? What's the transition been like?
2: Oh, I, I, it has been relatively smooth. I, I think the kind of job that I'm doing now in Singapore Maritime Foundation is really an extension of the work of. MPA. Mm-hmm. So in terms of fitting in, into the role, it has been fabulous. I mean, I've got no issue at all. <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs>
1: uh, Begti, let's talk a little bit about what you do at the Singapore Maritime Foundation. I know that the foundation was established in 2004. It's all about forging dialogue and cooperation among stakeholders. But you also do a lot of outreach and networking events for employers and tertiary students. So since we're talking about manpower, I'm sure that's a big part of it. How is this issue panning out? You know, I know that this has been a problem in the industry
2: for quite some time, attracting talent. Yeah, so in, in my role at Singapore American Foundation, SMF in short, basically I look at three areas. One, of course, is connectivity, innovation and talent. And uh, these are the three thematic areas that we are looking at because it is really interconnected. When we talk about connectivity, we are really talking about cohesiveness of the industry. Because if the industry is cohesive, then the industry will come together you know, to support programs that SMF has. Connectivity is also about bringing Singapore to the world and the world to Singapore. And, and that's where we also build up the brand name of Singapore as an international maritime centre. The other area, of course, is on innovation. And innovation is key in the sense that when you look at maritime industry... People think that it is actually a very traditional industry. It is always there, you know, it's in the background. And you, you don't actually feel uh, maritime until something happens. But nobody realized the importance of maritime, that the ships actually move more than 80% of the world's trade, And that 80% in terms of 11.08 million tons of, of cargo, that is actually a significant movement. And if you imagine a world without maritime, None of the other modes of transport can reach the corners of the earth as Maritime does with its fast network. Hmm. The maritime industry is actually undergoing a transformation because it is also demanded by the customers. As the customers actually go digital mm-hmm. and as e-commerce actually goes up, it also means that Maritime must respond to these changes that are demanded of them. So we are also seeing them moving towards much more digitalization and much more on decarbonisation issues, mm. on energy transition. Yeah. Mm. And that then brings it to the talent part. That means your talent that you are going to build a maritime-breeding workforce, what should it look like? I, I'll stop here in case you have no, questions. <laughs> for <me>. No, no, <laughs> I, I, and I'm
0: really grateful that you brought that up because you've reminded me of the conversation we had, I don't know, it many months ago, and, and you were talking about how the jobs have to change, the digitalization. One of the things we also talked about, Bengti, was that uh, the education system also has to change. I, is it all in sync? Is it lining up nicely for the maritime industry here in Singapore?
2: Yes, yes. I'm actually very happy to say that things are actually moving in in the right way and and we have fantastic dialogues with the universities as well as the polytechnics. Mm -hmm. Just to quote an example, very recently we worked with NUS to do a symposium on uh, decarbonisation largely because, one, decarbonisation is actually a a very topical issue and people would like to know more. And two is by actually putting up this program, we could also showcase the thought leadership of Singapore and our tertiary institutions. And we've actually got very good response. I think we've got more than 500 people who have actually signed up, both from Singapore as well as overseas, but largely from Asia. I think because of the time zone, we had it in the morning of Saturdays. Oh, two
1: okay. Okay. Yep. Right, right. So it uh, manages to get a lot of people together all at once, yeah. I know that yes. the Singapore maritime sector was reported recently can expect twenty billion dollars in investments from industry players by twenty twenty four. Undoubtedly this will create more jobs here, even more jobs. And some of the areas that were mentioned include maritime law, arbitration, ship management, marine insurance. You have also talked about trends like digitalization and decarbonization. So going back to something you you talked, you you alluded to earlier. What does a maritime ready industry really look like? Tell us that in a nutshell.
2: Domain knowledge augmented by soft skills and new skills. Oh, that's too big. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, please expand okay. on that. Please All elaborate. Right. Yeah. Okay, so so how I see is that the person must have some domain knowledge of the industry, but domain knowledge is not the only skill that the person must have. In in a world that we are moving towards, where it is actually getting much more competitive, and with uh, much more infusion of uh, technology, then skills, you know, like data analytics, ability to actually make sense out of data. Ability to actually work as a team, negotiation skills, soft skills, understanding culture becomes very critical. When you look at the shipping sector, it is a global industry, which means that the workforce is actually a very diversified and multicultural. So it is actually good to acquire some soft skills in order to work well with the colleagues in the company
0: soft skills oh, okay i i kind don't of know <laughs> i kind of know the the maritime industry and i i have relatives who work in there uh, even the lawyers there have how should i say a certain colorful language what has been lacking all along and and uh, i i know it's very important but uh, i don't know how far away are we from developing these sort of soft skills that talk, that you're talking about if you want to go specific I, i'm cool with that as well
2: when, when we look at some of these soft skills, there are a couple of things that both I think at tertiary institutions as well as M- MPA, when I was still there, that we were looking yeah. at. Mm. So for a long time in MPA, when we look at how do we want to actually build the skills of our people, we, we, we do have a maritime cluster fund where we actually do co-funding of our courses. Most of our courses were then really very specific to building domain knowledge. You know, the 101 on shipping, you know, ship management, etc. But over time, we realized that this is not um, sufficient. And then we actually expanded the cost to actually include things like uh, negotiation skills (laughs) and then data analytics. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering about the domain knowledge aspect because some people have said, oh, do I then need to go to poly or university to get a degree or diploma in maritime studies? Uh, Because those are available too, right? But how would you say that fits into the equation of what you're looking for in talent in the maritime sector? Can we just learn on the job? Yes,
2: you can actually learn on the job. So, well... Whichever job that you are in, if you have the domain knowledge, it does help you because then technical terms will not be foreign to you. You you know the technical terms Mm. and then you can move on quite quickly. But maritime sector is also an industry that you can actually learn on the job yeah it is a very practical hands on
0: industry as mm-hmm. well yeah you know one of the things i I caught you mentioned earlier on was how okay, let me describe it as it's kind of changing the perception and it's becoming a bit of a purpose driven job in that sense. I'm thinking that's appealing to the next generation, so what is and how is s m f trying to engage the next generation of the you know maritime workers? including the fact that you've got digitalization and and this advancement of this uh, sector in Singapore.
2: So there are a couple of things that we do. Of course, one is bring maritime to the world of the students. That's where we actually have scholarships and internships in place. You know, uh, And and earlier you have mentioned about the number of scholarships that we have given this year and that we have managed to have a value contributed yeah. by the industry amounting to $2.1 million. But it's also so not so glam,
0: right? It's not like aviation <laughs> become pilot, right? <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> That's right, Yeah. So glam and so that's why we need to find out what other attributes of the maritime sector can we actually bring to the students to show that it is it is good to join the maritime sector it is one of the most cohesive sector that that you have you have seen you mm-hmm. know since the start of the scholarship which is in 2007 to date we have given now 400 and uh, 75 scholarships but actually it's not the number of scholarships that is critical but it is the length of time and the duration of this journey that the industry has come on board with us we were able to sustain this giving of the scholarship for more than a decade that shows the cohesiveness of the uh, industry so, so that's why I, I had so much pride in, in working with the companies because mm. they step forward mm. to help whenever there are issues to, to be looked at the other area that we, we are looking at in reaching out to the youth, of course, is to work with some youth groups like Advisory Singapore, you know, to actually then bring the World of Maritime to the youth. Another area that we are looking at, we hope to build this up quickly, is actually to look at youth and executive club. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So in this YES, in short, club that we are thinking of, it is actually to build up peer relationship. And to also uh, build bonding within the people in in the maritime cluster, or people who are actually actually looking at maritime cluster, what it is about. You no, know? so there's a platform for people to go to. Mm. And if you look at uh, maritime, it is a really a people's business. It's a relationship business. And if you are able to actually then generate a pool of of uh, personnel uh, or personality that is able to actually support one another and cross refer jobs one another and that is really a, the network that we and a very intrinsic network that we can foster out of singapore mm. and you can actually then grow a pool of uh, maritime ready talent and also an exportable talent you know because maritime is mm. a global business yeah so every person becomes an intellectual capital on his own uh, merit and an exportable mm. service
1: right right and are they open to maybe even overseas postings if that is what required if, if that is what's required I
2: think they are actually opening up to this. And we have actually, when I was in MPA, we actually started a program whereby, you know, we worked the company to identify some of the mid-level workers in, in the company. And then we have a program whereby we send them overseas to the HQ to work for a period of six months to a year. And by doing that, you actually push them out to, the, to uh, overseas and more importantly, you put a face to HQ, you know. <laughs> because HQ knows that you're around, but HQ uh, has not seen you in that sense, apart from, you know, Zoom calls or things like that. But then you are able to build a relationship with HQ when you are present uh, in the overseas office. And, and that, I think, is invaluable experience for, for, for this uh, staff.
0: Yeah, that's really well put. We've been speaking with Tan Bing Ti, Executive Director, Singapore Maritime Foundation. Always a pleasure speaking with you. You take care and stay safe, yeah?